14 tricks that make you an interesting conversationalist. Boy, those listicle titles are so uh, hard to resist clicking on, aren't they? This is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. This is a reading of an updated old school article that I did long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away before LimitlessMindset.com was even a thing. I had a, another website, which was called InterestingConversationalist.com. And I did articles on just that topic. And this is one of them. I updated it recently. I made uh, quite a few improvements to it. You know, over time, we all grow up. We grow ever so slightly in wisdom and proper command of grammar and the English language spelling. As the years pass, we come to learn the difference between two with one O and two with double O's after that T. It is an important difference that I just sped past in my young, reckless years. So this is a bit of a throwback article. I hope it uh, enlightens you a little bit. You are going to want to check out the article, which is linked below, because I got uh, some fun graphics to go along with it that I do recommend you check out. Okay, let's dive in. Being a great conversationalist requires a combination of mindset and methods. Luckily, though, you can fake it till you make it. Here, I will cover how to steal the conversation while appearing magnanimous, a sweet body language trick, applying economics concepts to increase the attention people show you, and my favorite pickup line, for starting a conversation. Okay, so first of all, start conversations with a question. You want to begin your conversation with a bang. First impressions matter. So if possible, start with an open-ended question that is relevant to the environment that will engage your new friends. So you can imagine if you're at a swanky party in a mansion, you could walk up to a group of people and you could say, what do you think would be our best bet for stealing that piece of priceless art over there? Don't tell anybody I'm an art thief, but you all look like uh, possible accomplices and clever enough that we might just get away with it together. Okay. Secondly, the best pickup line to begin an interesting conversation is, pardon me, do you mind if I get your opinion on something? Follow this up with an engaging question. And here are a few I like. Can you recommend any unique cocktails here? Do you know this town well? 
can you recommend a restaurant, bar? Where did you buy that clothing item, accessory, or cell phone? Or what do you think of this event? And you are going to want to check out the uh, very funny video that I did with figurines where I illustrate how to pick up chicks in the club. If you've heard a lot of things about it, if you've always thought about maybe picking up chicks in the club, I break it all down with my uh, Angry Birds figurines in a hysterical, hysterical fashion. Well worth a watch, that one. Next, applying relational economics to conversation. This is a very important concept to grasp, so please pay attention. Imagine that your relationship is like a bank. You can make emotional withdrawals and emotional deposits to this bank. If the relationship gets too low, then the relationship is over or becomes very unpleasant. This applies to any relationship, be it with your mom or a person that you know from a grocery store. Here are some examples in a conversational context. Okay, emotional deposits are things like affirming or agreeing with them, positive body language, using their names, demonstrate that you are listening and understand what they are saying, giving an answer, asking a question about them or centric to what they are discussing, a strategic, well-thought-out compliment, asking for their opinion, telling a joke, encouraging their ideas. Those are the emotional deposits. Emotional withdrawals are things like disagreeing with them, negative body language, talking about yourself, even if you're a terribly, terribly interesting person, it still can be an emotional withdrawal to talk about yourself, which is just tragic, isn't it? Isn't it? I know. I feel your pain on that one. Next, asking a question about an unrelated topic, asking them a personal question when it's not relevant to the situation, flattery or a disingenuous compliment, advertising or selling to them, and final emotional withdrawal is lying. A brand new conversation is starting basically at very close to a zero balance. If you make too many withdrawals, then you're done. So you want to think about conversational relational supply and demand arbitrage. Continuing the metaphor, of our relationships being a bank, we want to practice a little supply and demand arbitrage to make people more interested in us. Here's how this is done. Making a large, you make a large emotional deposit, then make a withdrawal. If possible, use humor. What you are doing is giving them an emotional high, associating it with you, and then taking it away. True to human form, we want what's been taken away from us even more. Here's an example of how this could be done. Jonathan says, Chris, I'm really impressed with 
how you've been able to take something that you are passionate about and make a living helping people. What was it that inspired you to first try this? And Chris says, well, thanks, Jonathan. What inspired me was, and then Jonathan, this would be me. I would say, but you're going about your marketing all wrong. You aren't going to meet your goals if you keep doing things that way. I have a marketing firm and I've produced some spectacular results for clients and similar businesses too. Yours, I think I have some ideas that could help. So you can see there, I make the big emotional deposit and then he goes on talking about himself and then make a big emotional withdrawal. And this is going to result in um, him being a little bit more engaged, which will result in uh, some type of success, hopefully. Don't go too overboard with this method, though. Too much of an emotional roller coaster will not make for good relationships. Next, let's move on to body language mirroring. This is the practice of copying the gestures and posture of the person you are chatting with. Are their legs crossed? Then cross yours. Are their hands on the table? Put your hands on the table. Fairly simple. Timing is the key to maximizing the effectiveness of this technique. Wait till they mention something you find interesting, something that they think you will find interesting, or something they are proud of. Then mirror them. This subconsciously communicates that you empathize with the way they feel about whatever topic. A little while later, break the mirroring. On a subconscious level, they will wonder if they said something wrong and it will increase their interest level in you. Then mirror them again at a high point in the conversation. Okay, next subject is how to talk about yourself and not be boring. You may be an absolutely fascinating person, but the majority of people just don't want to hear you talking about yourself. As you can imagine as a continuation of the economics metaphor, if you make a large emotional with deposit first, they will pay a whole lot more attention and be more interested in what you have to say about yourself. Alternate between making emotional deposits, but keep talking about how interesting you are and what you do. Next, practice topic depth escalation. And I have a meme, which is great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events and small minds discuss people. And that was something that Eleanor Roosevelt said. And I always kind of like that quote. It's well said that small minds talk about people, moderate minds talk about events, and great minds talk about ideas. You can rarely begin a conversation by diving into deep 
conceptual idea territory, though. So you want to start with small talk and humorous banter, then ask people's opinions on an event that occurred recently, then transition into talking about ideas surrounding the event. For example, conversational intro would be something like, hey, how has your day been? And then the event would be, are you and Tracy doing anything special for Valentine's Day? That's the event. And then the idea would be something like, I saw this blog on the internet recently about how our modern day concept of love is completely skewed from the traditional definition of love, which is that of ongoing acts of sacrifice to something greater of than oneself. If you want to do a controversial issue idea, you can always ask, how would you respond to people who say such and such thing? This way, you haven't directly challenged someone, but you have introduced another element into the conversation. Next, ask them to be interesting. And pretty much everyone is interesting in their own way, and they probably don't get to share it nearly as much as they would like to. So give them the opportunity, and they will think the world of you. Here's a simple line I like to use. Tell me something interesting about yourself, Chris, or whatever their name is. This is a great line that makes you seem charismatic, as well as lets you know what they find interesting, which will surely make for good conversation. Next, how to ask people what they do. You will come across as more interesting if you ask the question this way. So, how do you spend your time when you aren't blank? And the blank should be something relevant to the context environment or something that you know about them. So you would say something like, how do you spend your time when you aren't writing fascinating blog posts? So how do you spend your time when you aren't on Facebook? So how do you spend your time when you aren't traveling to exotic places? Or so how do you spend your time when you aren't at the gym? Next, we'll talk about demonstrating your listening skills. If you are going to focus on one thing, that will make you a better conversationalist, I would say to improve your listening skills. This will be another blog subject altogether. When they are talking about a subject they find interesting, follow up with this question. That's interesting. Say more about that. Also ask probing questions such as, so what influenced you to make that decision. And let's talk about speaking pace. In general, fast-paced speech is a sign of nervousness, and slow-paced speech is a sign of confidence. So most of the time, I go with a slower pace, but if I'm talking with someone who has a noticeably faster pace, then I will mirror them and go 
fast. So yeah, in terms of if you're trying to figure out how fast you should talk, you, well, you should try fast and you should try slow. In the past, I would go slower. Now I go a little bit faster. You have to uh, practice mirroring other people and seeing how people react to you. And you'll kind of, you'll figure out your own speed. Let's talk about magnanimous conversation stealing. This has probably happened to you before. You were discussing something. Someone else jumps in and makes the conversation all about them. And this is called conversation stealing. And it's annoying if you do it wrong. And I've got a great gif here of a kitty stealing a pancake, which is, of course, what any kitty would do given the opportunity, right? The correct way to do an emotional, the correct way to do this is to make an emotional deposit before the steal and then make an emotional deposit at the end of the steal. That way you are keeping the attention high throughout and you don't look like a jerk for stealing the conversation. For example, so Chris says, so my kid is doing just awesome at football practice. And then I would say, oh, that's great, Chris. I definitely know where he gets his work ethic from. My kid just got back from his black belt, just got his black belt in karate, and he's actually traveling to Korea for a student exchange program. Since you've traveled abroad extensively in Asia, maybe you could give some uh, suggestions to me that I could share with him. You see that? I've got a emotional, I steal the conversation topic, and then I got a emotional deposit sandwich thing going on. So he's feeling, he's feeling great about me. As you can see here, uh, yeah, okay. So moving on, compliment strategically. Compliments are a very powerful tool when used correctly. The right way to use them is to compliment people on the things they are proud of. For example, if a person is in great shape and obviously spends a lot of time in the gym, compliment them on their work ethic and commitment to taking care of themselves. If someone is particularly successful in their career or business, compliment them on their intelligence, creativity, and insight. Uh, insight on capitalizing on opportunity. If someone is particularly well-dressed, compliment them on their good taste. What you don't want to do is compliment, compliment people on things that they were born with or did not have to work for. Uh, for example, I gave originally, I said, don't tell a gorgeous girl that she is beautiful because she already knows this and she hasn't worked for it. But since then, my uh, wife has informed me that that is, in fact, uh, an important compliment to give. However, there are situations where people are proud or have a sense of entitlement that you can compliment if you want to stroke their ego. For example, I have a very distinctive last name. When people tell me that they 
like it. Uh, for me, when people are like, oh, Jonathan Roseland, Roseland, that's such a, that's such a cool last name. When people tell me that, oh, that's a emotional deposit of about $100,000 or two Bitcoins. Next, uh, finally here, I'll mention merging groups. If you are at a party or social event, there will be multiple groups of people standing around chatting. Over the course of the event, you will migrate between different groups. As you see one of your previous groups in physical proximity to your current group, invite them to join together. Make a joke about this, this if appropriate. Say something like, I have some more friends over here to introduce you all to. Can I arrange a merger and acquisition of our groups here? And you're going to be uh, you're going to be excellent at remembering everyone's names if you practice the AV association technique. This is a, a memory technique that I link to that you can actually get a little video course on it. If you join my email newsletter on at the bottom of the page for this article. So do check that out. And I will add finally, if you want to take your networking game to the next level, give a listen to this audio chapter from my book. It is the Secret Society Infiltration Model for networking. That was a chapter of my first book, which you are definitely going to want to give a listen to. I uh, charitably put that audio chapter out there for free on the internet. So you can find it right there on the article. And that is a whole different strategy than what I was covering here. So I look forward to any feedback that you have on tips and tricks for being a more interesting conversationalist. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. Looking forward to a continued conversation with you.